would like to leave this city This old town don't smell too pretty And I can feel the warning signs running around my mind And when I leave this planet You know I'd stay but I just can't stand it And I can feel the warning signs Here I go I'm still scratching around in the same old hole My body feels young but my mind is very old So what do you say? You can't give me the dreams that I'm mine anyway Welcome. Great to have you here today. Thank you. you. May be seated. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services today. Welcome to Church Unlimited. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys. We love you guys. Thanks for being a part. I also want to say a special hello to all of our television audience. We're now on the Trinity Broadcasting Network and also the new Hillsong channel. You've got DirecTV. You probably have access to that, so check that out as well. Just honored to be a part of Pastor Brian and Bobby Houston's vision for Hillsong Church and Hillsong Channel, so it's really cool to be a part of that as well. Again, thanks for being a part of our services today. You know, we're starting a brand new series today called God With Us. That's what the word Emmanuel actually means, is God With Us with us. I'm excited about this because it's funny that even in a world where we are surrounded by people, you can still kind of feel alone. Isn't it funny how you can, you, you can be uh, literally in bed with someone and feel alone? You can be surrounded by people at co-workers at work and feel alone. And so it's not really about populated people around you, but it's about connecting with one another. And, and sometimes we just feel like we're going through something that no one else understands, but you need to know that God is with you. God is with us. And so you're not actually alone. And so, you know, Christmas is a crazy time, isn't it? How many of you guys just started shopping already? Anybody? Yeah, I already started too. How many of you guys like went to the mall? You foolish people. What are you thinking? <laughs> it is crazy out there, right? So this is why we have like things like Amazon, right? Target.com, whatever you happen, what happens to be your, your favorite website to go shopping on, you know. But it just doesn't feel like the same Christmas shopping when I do it online. So I need someone to come over and honk their horn and yell at me. Then I'll feel like it's, you know, normal. Christian shopping at that point, right? So crazy. I heard about this judge. He was kind of feeling nice because it was Christmas time, and he was going through his cases, and the guy came up, and, and he looked at the prisoner and said, okay, what are you in for? He says, well, uh, you know, so what crime did you commit? He said, uh, I was shopping too early. He was like, that's not a crime. Well, how early did you shop? He said, before the store opened. 
It's important to get your shopping done because there's a lot of stuff going on at Christmas time, right? We got, we got, we got the shopping going on. We're trying to get our house ready for, for guests, you know, and maybe you got Christmas parties coming up. But just in the hustle and bustle of everything, we forget that the whole point of Christmas is to remember that God came to this earth to be with us. Like, that's the whole point. That's what it's really about. That's the reason for the season is it's about Jesus. And so we're going to talk about him for the next few weeks, and we're going to talk about just sort of unpack the Christmas story leading up to Christmas Eve, where we have a, 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 a weekend of Christmas Eve services. They're going to be phenomenal. I'm so excited about that, by the way. It's going to be Candy Cane Christmas. We're going to transform this stage into a candy cane factory. Your family is going to love this. We'll encourage you to be a part of our Christmas Eve services as well. Next week, we're talking, by the way, about Joseph, but we decided today to talk, talk about Mary, about her perspective on the birth of this child, and next week we're going to talk about Joseph's perspective as well, and so be sure to be here next week as you talk about when God messes up your plans, because that happens, doesn't it? Sometimes we have plans and God messes them up, that happened in Joseph. Let's talk today about Mary, though. I want to talk about how God really is with us. Pull out your notes if you would, and if you got your Bibles, you can turn with me uh, to Luke chapter 1, verse 46. I'm going to get there in a moment. Before we get there, I'm going to share a couple of the scriptures first of all. We're going to land in Matthew and in Luke. But, but you know, there's a, a famous passage where an angel shows up to talk to Mary to tell her, hey, I've got good news for you, and it's from God himself. And so before we get to that, though, let's set this up, what the whole God with us phrase means. So first of all, let's look at Genesis chapter 26. God shows up and speaks to someone before Mary. At the very beginning of the Bible, he shows up and speaks to a guy named Abram. He says, hey, Abram, i got something to tell you. He says, I will be with you and bless you. So he tells Abram, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to bless you. And he's not going to change your name to Abraham. He tells him all the stuff he's going to do in his life, right? But he says, I will be with you. Then he fast forward the story into uh, Exodus where God shows up to a guy named Moses in the middle of the desert. And then he tells him this, I will be with you. Same phrase, says the thing again. He says, I will be with you and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So he says, hey, Moses, I'm going to be with you too. Hey, Abram, I'm going to be with you. Moses, I'm going to be with you. Then when he shows up to, when the angel shows up to Mary, he doesn't say, God will be with you. It says, God with us. So I just think it's, you may think, oh, come on, Bill, it's, it's a subtle thing. It's not that big of a deal. I, I would disagree. See, see, God, if God's saying, I'm with you, it's like he's the quarterback, he's got the ball, and he's saying, hey, I'm with you, right? And you send it your way. But then when the angel talks to Mary, he said, God with us, which means we're supposed to receive something. So at one point, God's the quarterback, but now he's focusing on the fact that we're supposed to be the receiver. And so we're supposed to receive God being with us. So now it's from our perspective. So let's talk about our perspective for a second, can we? Because we're supposed to have a perspective in the God thing. It's not just supposed to be some distant God out there that's talking to us, but that we're actually receiving what he's saying to us. And so this is the verse that I want to focus on. It says in Matthew one twenty three, Look, the virgin you will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And so it says, now, now the way Mary responded, we see that this is Matthew's account. Now let's go to Luke's account of the same exact incident. Now Luke says, this is how Mary responded. In Luke 146, it just says, Mary responded, and it goes on to give us her response. But before we get to her response, because everyone kind of jumps ahead like, oh, what'd she say? What'd she do? Let's just first back up and realize she did say and do something. Because sometimes we forget, Mary responded. That seems simple, but how many times has God talked to us and we didn't respond? How many times has God put something in our heart and we just thought about it and didn't do anything? How many times has God convicted us of something that we didn't come through on? Maybe God told you to give and you didn't give. God told you to forgive someone, you didn't forgive them. 
God told you to say you're sorry, and you didn't say you're sorry. God told you to go serve and make a difference somewhere, and you didn't serve or make a difference. God told you to, to give someone something, an item that you still are in possession of. And God said, why do you still have that? I told you to give that to this person. So God wants us to respond to him. Jesus would say at the end of his message, he would always say, go and do likewise. In other words, you're supposed to do something based upon what God says to you. See, the reason I want to bring this up is because a lot of people tell me, man, I want to be like a real disciple of Jesus. Well, a real disciple is someone who obeys the Lord. Discipleship is not just information. Information is great. We should have knowledge of the Word of God and know it, but you can know the Word of God and not be following me. The devil knows the Word of God. Did you know that? Clearly, he's not a disciple. So knowledge is not enough. I mean, I can know about the physical body. I can know about health. I can read books on it. But if I read a textbook on health, I can't just stop and declare myself healthy. I have to do what the textbook says. i got to go eat right and exercise and get some good sleep and take care of myself. Right? I mean, in other words, just because I have knowledge doesn't mean I have developed off of it. Just because you hear a message today, if you leave and go, ah, oh, it's a good message, great, I'm glad you liked it, but I hope you liked it, but, but the point is, what are you doing off of it? Mary responded, number one, would you write this down? God is with you, which means we need to receive and respond to Him. God is with you, so we should receive and respond to Him. You know what? God put it on my heart years ago to plant a church that would change a generation that would impact a city, but then would go beyond that city. I really wanted to pour into the next generation. That's why I wanted to start it from scratch. I knew so many churches were focused on their traditions of past generations that if I came into a church like that, I would wreck it. And I realized that, so I wanted to start it from scratch so there was no traditions to mess up. We would start our own traditions, and we would really be a church that spoke to the, the language of the people, and that's why we started the church from scratch. But the reason I bring it up is not about the church, but to tell you that the reason I did that is I was responding to God. Because God had put it in my heart to do that, to step out in faith and not only receive him, but to respond to him and obey him. And that's why I believe so passionately 18 years later in the mission and the vision of our church, which is what? Let's say it together. To take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. And the reason why is because my wife and I, at 24 years of age, responded. Are you willing to respond to what God tells you to do? He's speaking to you, and he's leading you to do something. So here's this, this young teenage girl. That's, she was a young girl. And an angel shows up. That would be a freak-out moment right there, right? Angel shows up. Hey, check it out. It's Dwayne the Rock Johnson with wings. Okay, he's got a, a message delivered to me. And so the angel says, I'm from God. I got this message. You're going to conceive a child. She's like, okay, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a problem because here's the deal. I'm married. I'm betrothed. In other words, like I'm committed to, to, to be married to Joseph. Uh, and we're not living together yet because in the Jewish rules and customs, you, you, you get legally bound in marriage before you actually consummate the marriage, before you come together and have sex, before you, before you sleep together or live together. Uh, you, you know, the first thing you do is you make it legal. That's how it works. And you have a year waiting period. Talk about a tough year, right? You're like, ah, right? A lot of cold showers. Anyways, so you have a year waiting period. And then you come together. That's how it works in some areas. Like, whoa, 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 I'm in the middle of this year waiting period. If I show up pregnant, Joseph's going to have some serious questions. I mean, he's going to be dragging me on to Mari Povich, wanting a, some kind of blood test. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's very normal to have questions. You know, what is up? What's going on here, right? I mean, this, this is a big deal. And, and, and so I, I don't know how I'm going to explain this to Joseph. What about my parents? Can you imagine that? Hey, Dad, how about your teenage daughter comes home and says, hey, Dad, I'm pregnant. But don't worry, it's God's child. <laughs> yeah, good luck with all that. 
I mean, you can imagine the, the problem, but see, we just think not only is it, you know, kind of an embarrassment. Today, in today's world, it would be considered an embarrassment. I'm not trying to, to, to offend you if that you found yourself in the situation. I'm just being honest. In today's world, for a young teenage girl, it would be a, a bit of embarrassment, if not some shame involved. And I pray that you work through that and realize that if you did get pregnant at a young age and, and by accident, that that's God's child and God doesn't plan for that child and it wasn't an accident to God. So I don't mean to put any, put any child down who maybe was born like that out of wedlock, but I just want you to understand that from a cultural standpoint, it's still kind of a, a tough road. But you need to understand something about the Jewish culture back then. This wasn't a tough road. This was a death sentence. If you got pregnant out of wedlock and you were already legally married, that's called adultery, and they can legally take you to the city gate and stone you to death. So Mary had a few more things to be worried about than just the fact that, oh, what are my friends and family going to think? She could get killed for this year. Oh, that's crazy. It doesn't happen today. It happens all the time in the Middle East. Still happens today. Not agreeing with it, just telling you it happens. And so this is a huge deal that Mary is pregnant. She's like, uh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we back up and talk about this a little bit? Uh, I mean, this is awesome. You're an angel and you're telling me it's a child from God, but that's not really going to go over with everybody. I'm just telling you, that's not going to fly. This is a tough situation to be in, but what did she do? She responded. She received information and realized this is really from God. I mean, an angel shows up, you listen, right? This is from God. And so God puts Mary's life on a path of the miraculous to do crazy things for God, to be the mother of our Lord. What an honor, right? I don't know about you, but I'm already intimidated to be a dad, let alone be the dad of the Lord, right? Can you imagine that one? You know, like, hey, I hope I raise him right, eh, you know. I mean, can you imagine the pressure of that? My favorite scripture, by the way, about this whole thing is that Mary and Joseph take Jesus when he's like 12 to the temple and they lose him for a whole day. That makes me feel so good as a parent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> can you imagine going to God and be like, hey, about your son? Yeah, we don't know where he is. Can you imagine the Lord's like, call CPS right now, call them off. Just makes me feel good as a parent. You know what I'm saying? Bottom line is, is that Mary has the job in hand that is huge. She's a teenage girl. This is really a scary spot to be in. And the reason I want to bring this up is because you need to understand something. If you're going to live by faith, God will always lead you to attempt something that scares you. If you're not attempting anything that scares you, then you're not living by faith. It's true. God wants us to step out in faith and believe that he will come through for us. So how does Mary respond? We know she does respond. Now, how does she respond? Check it out. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. The next set of scripture we're going to go over is also oftentimes called the Magnificat. Uh, Catholic churches call it this. Uh, many churches call it this. It's, it's, theologians call it this as well, the Magnificat. So let's just go over the scripture. Some people say this is the poem that Mary wrote. Some people believe it was a song she sang. So I'll let you determine which one that is. But bottom line is this is, this is a beautiful response that Mary gives to the Lord. She says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Notice that she focuses on the Lord. Isn't it funny that Many of us would focus instead on all the problems that would come with this, like, okay, when am I going to get the money for this child? I don't even have an HMO card. I mean, how am I going to work that out? I don't have health care. Uh, how in the world you know, do I explain this to Joseph? What about my parents? Where are we going to live? How is this going to work? I mean, this is crazy. I would just be bombarded with questions like, but this angel shows up and says, hey, you're going to be the mother of God's child. That's all I had to say. Thanks. Peace out. See ya. You know, I would have been like, whoa, 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 hold on, whoa, whoa, before you go. Right? Wouldn't you have been like, I got some questions I need answered. You know what I'm saying? But what does she do? She says, you know what, God? Thank you. I just want to praise you for being my Lord. Wow. God clearly picked the right girl for the job. She just praised God. I want to challenge you with this. Number two, 
Focus on God and not your problems. Focus on God, not your problems. Just here today, I was spending time with the Lord. I was sitting out in my backyard, having my journal out. I began to write some prayers down. And in my prayers were like worries. Oh, God, what about this? What do you want me to do about that? And I began to write all this stuff down. And at some point in there, I just kind of felt foolish looking back at my last few sins. I said, Lord, just forgive me. Let me just stop and worship you. I just felt God telling me, is this what this is about? Bill, am I your business partner or am I your God? And I just stopped and said, okay, Lord, you're, you're my God. I just want to worship you. I just want to thank you for who you are in my life. And what's funny is when I'll do that, God says back to me, okay, now I'll take care of all this stuff you're worried about. Just focus on him being God. He loves you. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord. It does not say, oh, magnify your problems. But we're good at that, aren't we? Making our problems way bigger than that. Then we make them worse than they are anyways by the way we respond and freak out. Instead, we need to just honor the Lord and magnify Him. When you get God up close, you realize how big He is and your problems become really small. And so just draw to the Lord and, and worship Him. Focus on God, not your problems. Look at Hebrews eleven six. This is just an add-on verse. You can write this down if you want. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you seek God, God says, even if you miss the mark, even if you're like, you think this is God's will, but it's not, but you've been seeking the Lord, God says, I'll reward you anyways. I'll give you a participation award just because you showed up trying to follow me. I'll honor you. Isn't that cool to know that? He's like, you don't have to always get it right. Just worship me and I'll bless you just for worshiping me. That's it. People are all nervous. Like, what if I mess up God's will? First of all, how, why do you think you're so powerful you can? God's way bigger than anything we can do. Do you realize that? I mean, it's kind of, it makes me laugh a little bit. You know, like, oh, we're going to mess up everything. You know, I, just, I love that. I think it's hilarious, you know. God is so much bigger than anything we could just do. Just keep that in mind. You know, people are so worried about messing everything up. It's like, no, God's bigger. You can trust the Lord. And so focus on God, not your problems. But notice also in that verse it says, and without faith it's impossible to please God. So God does have something, a task for you to take on that scares you, and part of the fear you have is requiring faith. So God will lead you into something that's bigger than you feel like you can handle because he's saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. So maybe you have a situation you don't know how to handle. Congratulations, you're right where you should be. So now you have to learn, lean on God. You have to learn to trust in Him and say, Lord, I just trust you with this situation. I just trust you with this wayward child. I just trust you with my debt to help me pay that off. I just trust you with this job situation. I just trust you with the bosses all over me. I just trust you with this bad marriage. I just, whatever you're facing, trust the Lord. He is bigger than any problem you have. Rest assured in that. He can handle it even if you can't. So trust in the Lord, as the Bible says, with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, Mary, and in all your ways, acknowledge him. And that's what Mary does here. Focus on God, not on your problems. And then look what she says next. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. In other words, th that distance between the rich and the poor, Mary says, God, you, you, you bring the space together. You take care of me, is what she's actually saying, because she's a lowly, poor girl, is what she was trying to say. And so what does this mean? Number three, be thankful for what the Lord is doing in your life. 
She's basically saying, God, I'm just thankful that you showed up to talk to me. I'm just thankful for you being in my life. I'm just grateful. You know, it's funny. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, and somehow we think that's just supposed to be a weekend and some football games in Turkey, when actually it's supposed to be a lifestyle of just thanking God for his goodness. Can we just thank God that we have Christmas, that we have the freedom to worship, that we live in a great country, that we're just blessed people? Just thank God. Turn the person to your, li- to your left and to your right and just say, I thank God for you. Just do that right now. We just thank God for them right now? Then per- turn back to them and say, you know you should be thankful for me. Just let them know right now. <laughs> we are so grateful for all the ways God has blessed us. He really has blessed us in so many ways. And so Mary just says, God, just thanks for picking me. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I deserve this. I'm just so grateful. God wants us to be grateful. You know when you're grateful, it draws the Lord to you. Says here, you're, she said, you're a lowly servant girl. She was humble and grateful. You know, humility is a magnet to the Holy Spirit. It draws the Spirit to you. But arrogance, self-importance, self-dependence pushes God away. God says, you'll just be humble and say that you need me. I'll come. I'll be right there for you. The Lord loves you. He wants to be there for you. Whatever you're facing today, you're not alone. God is with us. He is with you today. Last thing she says in her prayer, she says, He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. So now she brings it to more of a global perspective. Let's talk about all of Israel, God's people, right? He has helped the servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to her ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Now remember, Israel in the Old Testament, I've mentioned this before, is the church today. It's all of us because we get adopted into the family of Israel, right? Uh, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he adopts us into his family, okay? And you become one. You say, I'm not really in. No, you're fully in. I get this whole adoption thing. We've done it. It's true. When you adopt, they're fully yours. I totally get that. And so God says, no, you've been adopted into the family. So Mary says here, she says, you know what? I realize this isn't, just a, this isn't really just about me. It's about God's people. That's why the Savior is to be born. It's not for me. It's, it's for God's people. What, what, what is she doing here? This is important. Number four, take the long view. And capture the vision God has for you. Take the long view in your life. She, she instead of saying, what am I going to do for the next nine months? What am I going to do when I, when I give birth to this child? Where are we going to live? How are we going to do this? You know, i got to get together with Joseph. Is he going to accept me still as his wife? I don't know. He, she doesn't get caught up in all that. She just says, Lord, I just thank you. I can see what you're doing in the grander picture of all of Israel. I see what you're doing. See, God gives us a vision for our life, and he gives us the big picture, but he doesn't give us the details on purpose. If God gave you every detail to your future, why would you need him? He wants you to need him. So he just says, do this, go there. I'm going to do this in your life. And it's just a general big picture, and we have no idea how it's going to work out. So you just step out in faith. We're supposed to just obey God at this point and just trust him. And I'm sure Mary had a hundred questions. What about this? What about that? How am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to accept it with this? And how am I, I mean, all these questions she must have had. But Mary didn't get caught up in the questions she still had. She got caught up in worshiping her Lord. If Mary can accept God's will without having all the details, maybe you and I can too. Just trust the Lord. God wants us to trust him. So what does he do? The Bible says this. It's very clear. God says, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So what is God saying? He's saying, I'm going to give you just enough light to take the next step down the path. And then when you take the step, oh, look at that. The light moved with me and illuminated the next step. And so God gives you just enough of his will to take the next step and the next step. And then you'll see the next few steps. See, we keep saying, oh, Lord, show me. 
Step one, two, three, four, five, six. God said, no, no, no. I'll give you step one, maybe two or three. And then when you take step one, two, and three, then I'll reveal step four, five, and six. The Lord said, I'm supposed to go back to school. But God, I can't afford a four-year degree. God says, I didn't ask you to afford a four-year degree. I told you to go start classes. And when you start classes, I'll show you the rest. Oh, it's so crazy. I started class. And then all of a sudden, right? And all of a sudden, I found out they have financial aid. I didn't know that until I went to class. And they said, have you signed up for financial aid? They have that? I had no idea. But when I went to class, I found it out. So I went by. And now guess what? It's now illuminated for the next step. I don't know what I'm going to major in. It's okay. Just start. And then you get in and you go, you know, I really didn't like this subject. Okay, you learn that's not it. The light's not shining there. Move to what the light is shining. But I'm really interested in that. Take that step. Oh, wow, I love this. God will show you as you go. You see, if we don't learn to take steps of faith, we'll just stand here and say, God, when you show me everything, then I'll obey you. Because like, I've shown you enough to get going. I've shown you enough to take those first initial steps. God wants us to begin to take those steps of faith. We don't have to have it all figured out. Quit trying to figure out your whole life and just figure this out. He's God. He's in charge. You're the servant. Obey him on the next step. That's all you need to know is the next step. That's it. Now, I want to give you one last scripture today. Now, the scripture I just referred to is Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But I want to give you one last example, if I can, on how this worked out. And not only Mary had to do this, she just had to say, okay, Lord, I obviously am going to accept this. This is your baby. I don't know how all that works. You know, she didn't know she was going to go to sleep, wake up pregnant. She's like, I don't know how that all worked. But the Lord just overcame her and boom, she's pregnant, right? God, the Holy, the Holy Spirit. And then she's like, I don't know how it's going to work out with Joseph. What she didn't know is the guy was going to go talk to Joseph. And so more on that next week. Be sure to be here as we talk about that when God messes up your plans because Joseph had a, most men are like, I have a plan. This is what I'm going to do with my life. And all of a sudden, boom, it all gets out of whack. So Joseph was like, what do you do when you're on plan B? Next week is all about that when God messes up your plans. So be sure to be here. Maybe you feel like your plans are all jacked up and messed up. Man, I wanted to do this and didn't work out. Don't miss next week. It's for you. I want to encourage you to be here, bring a friend, bring, bring a family, bring, bring an enemy if you want. Bring somebody. <laughs> because it will minister to them, I promise you. It really, really will. So be sure to be here next week as we talk about that. But I want to give you one last scripture for today. I just want to give you one more example to understand what this looks like. Genesis chapter 12. Let's go back to Abram. Back to the very beginning of the Bible. When God first entered uh, the people, uh, first spoke to people through angels. And he said to Abram, hey, Abram, I got big plans for you. And so this is the first thing he told Abram before he even changed his name to Abraham. The Lord had said to Abram, this is in Genesis 12 verse 1. Leave your native country. Native means what you know, where you're from. Everything that you know. Leave everything that you know. Scary, isn't it? But this job, it's all I know. God's to start a business. I don't know how it's going to work out. Well, you didn't know how your job was going to work out before you took that. You still took it. Right? I mean, we, we, we all start not knowing anything. And you just have to start. He says, leave your native country, your relatives, and your family, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you. Then he gives him the vision. So he says, I want you, I, I have a place for you to go. Then he says this. Here's the vision. It's a general vision. Notice there's not a lot of details here. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. He had no idea what that meant. But he did know, i got, I got to have kids if I'm going to be uh, the father of a nation. And so he didn't have any kids yet. So he knew that that has to happen at some point. He, he, tried, to, he tried all kinds of ways to do that. Messed that up, by the way. I don't have time to go on that story. But wow, he jacked that thing up really bad. 
But eventually, he had a child. It was totally a God thing, and the nation of Israel was born through his family. But backing up, he says to Abram, let's start at the very beginning before we get to the whole nation, all that kind of stuff. He says what? He says, go to where I'm going to send you. Go to the land I will show you. Go, and then I will show you. Okay, Lord, that's awesome. Okay, where are we going? I'm not going to tell you that. Okay, God, I don't really know how to pack. The Lord's like, pack everything, because you're not coming back. Okay, well, if you'll just tell me the address, I'll put it in my GPS, and we can get there a little faster. The Lord's like, no, pack it all up and go. So just get everything ready to go and start walking. That's it. How about, Lord, you just show me where we're going, and then I'll go. God says, no, how about you get going, and I'll show you. See, God always says, go, and I'll show. We keep saying, show, then I'll go. But faith says, I will go, and then I trust that the Lord will show when I get there. That's what faith looks like. Would you take a moment across all of our campuses right now to bow your heads? During this prayer time, maybe today you're already a Christ follower, and you've been waiting on step four, five, and six, and God keeps saying, I've already shown you step one, two, and three. Do that. He said, well, I don't have step one, two, and three. I bet you got step one. Maybe step one is just, not, is just to acknowledge God today. Maybe step one, you may say, Lord, show me your plans. And God says, oh, I want you to forgive this person. Oh, Lord, that's great. Show me your plans. God says, well, how about you just do what I told you? That's my plan for today. Forgive this person. Get right with them. Oh, Lord, show me your plans for my financial future. God says, why don't you just tithe? Oh, Lord, that's great. Show me your plan. God says, whoa, 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 whoa. So you want to ignore my system of blessing, but you want me to bless you with this big plan. Oh, Lord, show me what you want to do with my career. God says, well, why don't we get some schooling? Why don't we take the first steps to get our, our life in order? Why don't we take care of our debt problems? Oh, well, Lord, I don't want to do all that. Could you show me a big plan? God says, no, 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 I'm showing you the steps one day, one moment at a time. And when you learn to obey, I'll show you more. If your head bowed and your eyes closed, if God is speaking to you today, and you already know the step he's already told you, and you just need to do it now, would you slip your hand in the air and say, God, I will obey you this week. Thank you. There are hands going up all over our auditorium. You're saying, Lord, I realize, just like Mary, I'm just supposed to respond. I don't have to have it all figured out. I just need to obey you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Maybe today you're beginning to put the pieces together to realize that Jesus really did come to this earth, and this wasn't just about a Christmas story. This is about him coming to the earth to give his life for you and me. Jesus came to die on the cross. Mary had no idea that her little boy would become her savior. That Jesus died for her sins, Joseph's sins, for all of our sins. And then Jesus rose again. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. We're going to pray a prayer right now, and you can pray and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you cannot recall a time when you prayed this prayer, then dare I say you're not a Christian yet. You may have Christian beliefs, you may come from a Christian family, and you may claim a church background. That doesn't mean you're going to heaven. The Bible is very clear. The only way to go to heaven is through Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with him. And so if you have any doubts at all, why don't you just pray that prayer right now? Pray the prayer we're about to pray right now and just confirm it to make sure that you know Jesus. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, we're going to pray this prayer across all of our campuses. We pray it each week, not so you have to just repeat it because you've got to redo it, but because we're praying it for the benefit of those who have never prayed it before. So right now we're going to pray this out loud together, and you can receive Jesus Christ 
as your Lord and Savior. Would you pray this prayer with us? You can say, dear Jesus, I repent of my sins. I believe you died for my sins and rose again. I invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I want to follow you from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.